0: Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. I am your host, Cody McBroom, the CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world-renowned online coaching company. This podcast is built to help you create a life by design. That's what the Tailored Life is. It's choosing to blaze your own path, make your own decisions, and create a life you desire. So in this podcast, you're going to learn ways to optimize your body, optimize your mind, optimize your relationships and optimize your business and career this is the podcast for personal development junkies and people who can't stop growing because they strive for more we are also going to bring on experts in every single field to teach you their own expertise so you're not only learning from me four days a week but I'm bringing other professionals in to teach you their principles too so if you love personal development and you constantly want to strive for more in life this is the podcast for you. Make sure you hit subscribe, send this to a friend that needs it, and keep listening to improve your life all around. And without any further ado, let's get into the Tailored Life podcast. Today we have a QA and we talk about a wide variety of topics. Uh, one being my unfiltered opinion on Herbalife which is gonna be an interesting one for you guys to hear. We also dive into chronic under eating and what the consequences of that may be. We talk a little bit about fruit, like what is the deal with fruit? Can you have it on a diet? Does it stop fat loss? Does it spike insulin? What is insulin? We dive into a lot of different cool topics today. I think you're gonna get a lot of this episode. As always, the Q&As are filled with a wide variety from a wide variety of people, but it's always practical application answers that we're gonna give you from a coach's perspective. So if you like this episode, make sure you do a huge favor for me. Head over to Instagram, share it on your story, tag me so I can share you it, and make sure you subscribe everywhere this podcast is available if you like watching it head over to the tailored life podcast youtube if you just like listening to it head over to itunes or spotify or stitcher or google play or amazon or wherever the hell you listen to podcasts but make sure you subscribe make sure you're sharing this with a friend so we can get the message out to more people um and without any further ado let's get into the q a all
1: right cool um we got another q a today guys um we're doing we'll just get right into it if you want do you have any uh announcements
0: I feel like I always sit down (laughs) and I'm like announcements and then I'm like puzzled, you know? So I I should probably start thinking about what to announce before we start, which I'm sure people don't give a shit. They're probably like, yeah, that's cool. Just get on with the questions. But, um, I don't think we have anything, man. I think right now it's same old shit. The Taylor trainer is the forever announcement. It's only, we don't really, actually, I think this is kind of cool thing to point out. Um, I was talking to somebody about. Email marketing, not really marketing, but just like writing a good newsletter. Yeah. And, uh, and it's funny because like there's two different types of people who write newsletters. There's the one that you hear from like once a month and it's when they have something they want you to check out or buy. And it's like very random, not a great strategy from a business perspective because there's no familiarity. Like it's just like a random email. Like, you know, and then there's the person that emails every day, but there's always a link for something to buy. And it's almost like, dude, Like, back off. Like, unsubscribe rate is way higher for those people. Yeah. And then there's some people, like me, who generally email more than most. I think I'm at, like, four times a week right now. Every once in a while I'll be five. But very rarely do I have something where I'm, like, selling down your throat. You know what I mean? So, uh, two weeks ago, I was, or as this is airing three weeks ago, whenever the Taylor Trader launched. Yeah. Every day it was like, Taylor Trainer, Taylor Trainer, Taylor Trainer, Go get it. Go sign up. Um, And then it just got back to free content yeah and if if there's something I offer that is relevant to what I'm teaching in the email, I'll say by the way, here's a link if you're interested, but it's very soft and it's at the end um but I think it's kind of a cool thing about this, like even like and and I'll always listen to Joe Rogan, and I never like hate him for doing this, but there's so many ads in the beginning, it's mm-hmm. kind of absurd, oh, you wa you only watch on YouTube, oh yeah, so they don't do them on YouTube, yeah, do it on because i I don't watch podcasts, I listen to them, yeah. So <laughs> dude it's like. Fifteen, twenty minutes? I mean Whoa. Oh yeah, dude. He does like ten ads per episode. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Twenty and minutes? Dude, it's it's absurd. Wow. And uh and maybe I'm exaggerating, somebody can DM in, but it's at least ten minutes. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah, but every ad is at least a minute. And sometimes if you listen, it's actually kind of funny because like I was listening to when I first started listening to his podcast, he did uh he did one for sleep country yeah. or sleep number or some some kind of mattress. Yeah. And, he's, and he started, he was like, are you tired of sleeping like shit? I sleep so fucking good. And it's because I have a sleep country bed. Like, and he starts going into this spiel. And I was like, this is actually pretty funny. Yeah. But then I never listened again. Because yeah. I was like, I'm just fucking fast forward through this. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, he has a world-renowned podcast. He's the greatest podcast yeah. of all time. He's got to get paid for it. Like, yeah. So I get it. Are they the same sponsors every single time? Uh, no, I think they're different. Sometimes you hear he's this got a rotation once. of fifty of them. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I think he like literally so like most people because I don't even know if he has a certain amount of episodes he does per, per week. I think it's just kind of as many as he can. Yeah. Right. Like whereas we're very structured three yeah. times a week Monday Wednesday Friday. You know, but with him I think it's just they just fucking come out. Yeah. So it's been like, it, when can he get people to a studio? But it's all the time. It's all the time. It's all the time. Sometimes I feel like it's daily. Sometimes it's honestly I've been so out of the loop once he went to Spotify, yeah because I check my Apple yeah. podcast library every day, yeah and he's never uploading anymore, yeah. so I never see it, so I got to go on Spotify because I've missed a ton of episodes from him, probably well, I know I have, but yeah, he seemed like he was doing them every day, but I think he has a rotation where people probably pay him like X amount for x amount of airtime per month, yeah, and that way he just cycles them in or something. But he does them off the cuff every single time, Damn. like they're not re- pre-recorded. He just wow. does them. But um, good for him. Yeah, I mean he grows <laughs> it. he's the goat. Yeah. But point being is like it's kind of cool that like we don't do all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. nice because like even and that's I mean that's a plug for my newsletter. I get people that respond to my newsletters all the time thanking me for the content, and it's like it's it's a breath of fresh air. And I always try to remember that because I hate getting sold every single day especially if i like respect somebody and i want to learn from them but i know i'm not going to buy from them because they don't have something i need it's like fuck dude i want to i want to support your list i want to get your content but i don't want to be sold every day yeah it's really absurd so and annoying it's annoying as hell so point being shameless plug if you want great content for free without being hassled unless something cool drops then i might hassle you a little bit like (laughs) the taylor trainer i was like every day um but now we probably won't sell anything hard for a while because i mean it's just coaching um, there's a link in the show notes. Otherwise, you can just go to taylordcoachingmeth.com and just sign up. You also get my 87-page free nutrition ebook, which is pretty damn helpful. Um, but yeah. Not even selling it because it's free. Because it's free. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no serious announcements, man. That's cool. that's about it. The Taylor Trainer is uh, rolling. We're working out uh, not really any kinks, but just like things to improve. Like, I mean, you've seen the Facebook group. It's super yeah. active. You know the crazy thing about that is too? That none of those people were any new members because when we when you signed up for the Taylor Trainer trial, you get an email. It's like, here's your username, here's your password. What I didn't do is put the Facebook link in that email because I knew, you know, if there's people that are going to bounce before the, their actual membership begins – then I got to go funnel through hundreds yeah. of people in the Facebook group. So actually yesterday, I just sent out like a group message to everybody in the tail Trainer app. I got I that like, message. Yeah, I, was, I like, was wondering what that was. Yeah. I was like, here's the link. Join the Facebook group. Yeah. ton of people join the Facebook group now. Yeah. So, uh, but just tons of questions, which is actually nice because a lot of them are really easy for me to answer. And some of them, some of them are just like, like, oh yeah, just click this button. You know, very simple, but it gives me more insight of like what people are actually looking at, sure. what they're clicking on, and then I can just try to make it easier. Yeah. So I think I have a call with the developers tomorrow to kind of go through some of those things. because I'm just picking up notes and just, I'm really, really chasing that idea of it being the best training app, dude. Yeah. Because I think, like, the only other people I know who have an app that is, like, this good from a software perspective, and this is not me throwing shade at them, they just don't program well. Yeah. You know, the people I know who program really well that I would, consider competitors because I respect them as a strength coach. And I'm like, you, like, I know some some gals and guys in the industry, I'm like, you program really well. Mm -hmm. Like, you'd be a competitor. But they don't have the software. It's like they're just emailing programs Programs. out, you know, to a list. Yeah, Which, I mean, whatever, it's a good program. But the only people I know who have, like, what we have, I'm like, you're either A, you're like a high-level private service, so it's not even a group membership for cheap, or you just don't know how to program very well. So, which is cool. Now for us, it's just like, how do we get this in front of more people? For sure. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm stoked. It, which if you're, this is the last thing I'll say and then we can get to questions. If you're listening to this and you're in the Taylor Trainer, share your PRs, share your wins, share fucking screenshots of what you're doing. Um, Anything. Yeah. Just because I want to share it on my story. I want to show people what people are doing. I want to show people that they're excited because I get DMs. I'm getting emails. I'm getting messages in the app. Um, I'm getting, uh, which is another cool thing. Like, they're in the app, they're messaging, and I'm literally responding. That isn't, I mean, you can contest this. Nobody else on the team is answering those questions yeah. in the app. It's me. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're posting the Facebook group a little bit. But I want you to share it publicly. Yeah. <laughs> Get the word out there for me. So post on your Instagram story, post on your Facebook, whatever, so I can share it uh, on my story, on my, my Facebook page, whatever, just because I want people to see the real people getting great results and doing the program. Yeah,
1: create some interaction. Yeah.
0: So, all right, that's enough of my spiel. Cool. We can get into questions.
1: Well, the first one today is going to come from Wayne Ryan. It says, fruit. I'm totally confused and I'm not stupid. Does, <laughs>
0: does I'm it, totally confused and I'm not stupid.
1: <laughs> does this spike insulin? Is there an amount you should only eat? Is it bad when combined with, uh, say, protein shake? Would love your opinions on fruit consumption.
0: This is my dude from Ireland, I believe. I'm pretty damn sure he... He 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 responds to a lot of emails and stuff, and he almost always like leaves it with like Wayne from Ireland with the little emoji of the Irish flag. I'm like my brother, um, I'm Irish, for is why I said that. Um, I think I'm Irish. We don't really know. I might be Scottish, but uh, anyway, McQueen is Scottish, so McBroom. Well, so like maybe not. I don't know. So the I was actually just talking to my grandma about this on Sunday because it was her birthday, and. If if there was a tilde, like a line underneath the C, that completely changes where you're originated hmm. from. Okay. Um, if there's an A before the C, it's Mac. That completely changes where you're from. Um, and she found out just like just before her, her mother died that her family actually has a bunch of English. And she just told me this last night, like on Sunday. I had no idea. It was funny. Me and Shannon were joking because I was like, "Well, fuck! I'm basically a Peaky Blinder." I had no idea. <laughs> Love that show. Yeah. But uh, the whole Irish thing was, like, we found, she found, like, she went and did this, like, history thing. She found the family crest, and we we were reading about our history. This is years ago. And they found out that originally the McBrooms were pirates, and they actually got banned from Scotland according to this, like, ancestry file that she found. So, really, according to that, we were Scottish pirates and got (laughs) banned out of the country, so they changed their last name. It used to be... McBroume and it had an E at the end and a something underneath the C or above the C. Wow. And they ch- took those off to make it Irish and started saying that we were Irish. Wow. Yeah. My dad was like pissed. He was like, that's that's false. <laughs> we're Irish. And he was like, <laughs> dead set on it. But so who really knows? Yeah. Um, but uh fruit is not it's not the bad guy. Um, historically in the bodybuilding world, there was a point in time before like macros became really like the thing like before if it fits your macros or flexible dieting came into the scene and we realized like hey as long as your daily macros are being met, you're gonna get the result no matter what you eat. There was like demonized categories, saturated fat, processed sugar, alcohol, even dairy for a while. Um, even though if you look at people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he ate fruit every day. He drank tons of milk like he was jacked. He was the world's greatest. But point being is they just demonized foods and they said like don't eat this Eat this and you'll get results. Well, if you start demonizing foods, you you get basically end up left with lean proteins that have low fat, um, starchy carbs, which are easy to process, like white rice or potatoes, and vegetables. Yeah. Uh, You're going to get lean eating those things because it's very, very hard to eat in a surplus eating those things. And protein and starch are going to fuel performance so you can build muscle. It's just long-term, you're going to start seeing health issues because you need vitamins and minerals, and rice and chicken don't have many vitamins and minerals. Yeah. Um, but fruit does spike insulin. The whole thing with insulin is, you know, insulin was another thing that was demonized. Uh, there's like this uh, insulin obesity uh, hypothesis. I don't remember what they call or insulin theory or something like that. Basically, the idea Obesis? that... Uh, obesity is caused by high levels of insulin, oh. chronically elevated insulin levels, and insulin resistance, which is the, the cause of having too high of insulin over time. And then you become resistant to insulin, which means you can't even have carbohydrates. It's like diabetics have issues with eating carbs at times. Your insulin's not working for you. But when in reality, it, it's kind of the reverse, it's not a causation, it's a correlation, meaning that like obesity does cause insulin resistance, but insulin being elevated doesn't cause obesity. Right? So eating fruit's not gonna make you fat, eating carbs is gonna make you fat. Um, in fact, I probably have, I, I mean, I do have ha- elevated insulin throughout the day because I eat carbs in every fucking meal, but insulin also lowers cortisol levels. It also helps get more amino acids in the bloodstream. It also helps, uh, growth hormone and anabolic signaling to build muscle. Um, I mean, there's tons of benefits to it. It's an energy regulator. So it's a hormone that allows you to actually utilize food, calories, carbs as energy, uh, to do things. Yeah. So, it's not a, the demon. And what they don't realize too is, is not – like carbs definitely spike insulin the most. That's why he said like do does fruit spike insulin because a fruit is a carb technically. But all nutrients spike insulin to a degree. Protein powder spikes insulin. Egg whites spike insulin. Taking in calories spikes insulin, you know. Fasting is the only thing that doesn't. But you can't just fast constantly 24-7, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and to add to that, if we fast too long or or we have – low insulin levels constantly, we run the risk of having elevated cortisol levels because we have higher stress and we're not taking in carbs or food, which spike insulin, which drops cortisol. Um, So fruit is not the demon. Um, Yes, it does spike insulin, but to a degree that it's not an issue, nor is spiking insulin an issue unless you're insulin resistant, which happens after you already become obese, which happens from being sedentary and over consuming calories, not from eating carbohydrates or any one food. Um, And the last thing is like fruit is fructose. Uh, Starch is glucose. So starch would be oats, rice, potatoes. Uh, Some starchy veggies like carrots, squash, they have a little bit of starch, but they're more vegetable dominant. Point being, starch is bread, grain, that kind of carb. It's a glucose molecule, and glucose gets stored as glycogen in the muscle cell, muscle glycogen. Fruit is fructose, which gets stored in the liver as uh, fructose, so uh, liver glycogen essentially. Um, They're two different energy fuel sources one is fueling your muscles one is fueling your liver your liver if your liver isn't filled with fructose which is going to help it do its job one you have a bodily system that's not doing something that like it's not running efficiently that in your liver processes a lot of things detoxifies a lot of things it actually fuels your your nervous system your training and some of the fructose goes into the bloodstream which gives you blood glucose which helps immediate energy when you're going to train which is like why i have a little bit of fructose or fruit before training. But um the reason I'm saying that is because you can I, I don't know the exact percentage or number and it changes depending on how big you are, but there used to be like a rough estimate of like you can store four hundred grams of carbohydrates as glycogen in the muscle cell and you can store like hundred and fifty grams of carbs from fruit in the liver or something like that. Point being you can store way more in the muscle cell in fruit. So you don't need nearly as much fruit as you need Uh, starch for training Totally. Um, if you have at least one up to three servings of fruit per day your liver is full Um, you deplete 50% of your liver just through sleep through breathing in your sleep which means that you wake up depleted of of liver glycogen which means you need to replenish it so you have to have fruit every day but if you have one to three servings a day you're good, you're going to hit all your micronutrient needs with vitamins and minerals, you're going to get fiber you're going to fill your liver, you're golden and it's not going to cause any issues with insulin or getting fat Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like a very deep dive on fruit in yeah. general. I think I it mean, answers yeah. this question too. Is there am- any amount that you should only eat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one to three servings a day. Yeah. It kind of depends on the person. You know, if I have like a hundred pound female trying to lose weight, I'll say, hey, one serving a day. This At small least. person has a smaller liver yeah. which, and has a smaller intake, which means they need less fruit. You know what I mean? Totally. Same thing with protein or carb or anything, anything else. Yeah. Um, I consume two servings a day regularly sometimes three but then you have to quantify what's a serving yeah. you know like usually <laughs> like a handful or something but if i have two handfuls you know what i mean like totally so i usually have it's two all relative th- yeah i usually have two or three servings a day and that's plenty cool all right so next question
1: comes from allison hopkin she says i have been wanting to ask this question forever but just listen to the episode about conjugate training which basically answered all my questions i've been programming for my own lifting Training for a couple of years, and it was so great to hear Jason Brown talk about being happy with his physique, being able to lift and run a 5K at all times, because that's basically my goal. I love lifting, and the way it makes me feel and look, but racing feeds my soul. But racing, so like running, because hence the 5K. mm mm-hmm. It's been difficult trying to do them all, especially because I want to be able to do them all year round. Do you have any other advice or resources for lifting and running? 5K, oh, and then parentheses, 5K up to half marathons, occasionally full marathons. Damn. I know you are not a fan of running, which I'm not really either on a daily basis, except for the races. I guess this isn't really a question, but thanks for that episode, which makes me feel like someone understands me. So, so pretty there,
0: much, yeah. What's your what? There was a question within that, right? Well, <laughs> I yeah, like just thought I put it in there for a reason. So she's she's strength training. How many days a week? Uh, I didn't say. Okay, but she's weightlifting and running basically. Yeah, and and just for context for anybody, if you are running a full marathon. You like running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, if you don't like running, there's no way in hell you are doing a full marathon.
1: she says, I know you're not a fan of running, which I am not either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> However, I run really long distances. Yeah. No, I'm just giving you shit. But like, and that's totally fine. I think like, you know, there's, there's things all of us love that m- maybe aren't ideal in certain scenarios. Even like, I mean, we can talk about bad habits or good habits. Like, yeah. I was on the phone with uh, uh, somebody who's going to be working with us, one of our coaches today. And uh, I was like, at the risk of sounding like an alcoholic, yeah, I love drinking. You know, that's not the best thing, but I make it work because I like having one or two nights a week to have drinks, multiple drinks. Um, I'm doing Olympic lifting with Zach once a week. Uh That's arguably not a good idea because I'm also like bodybuilding and strength training and, you know what I mean, I'm doing all these things. And the rule of specificity is if you have a goal, do that one goal. Don't do seven different things and expect a great result. And that's true, but I'm enjoying the process of learning. So sometimes you just have to do what you actually enjoy first and then optimize everything around it to try to get the result you're after too. And the result might not happen as fast, but at least you're not miserable in the process. Um, But uh, do I have any resources is basically what she asked, right? Like resources for concurrent training, essentially? Yeah, with adding a little running, probably. Okay. So she can do it all at the same time year round. Yeah. Um. So I would say, I mean, there's, there's some people I would follow. I don't really have any resources because like... I mean, I could give you a textbook and you can read about, like, the energy systems going on and stuff, but I don't think that's going to be very applicable from a program design perspective. There's not many program design books that go into both topics. It's like, here's a program design book for bodybuilders. Here's a program design book for powerlifters. Here's a program design book for weightlifters. You know what I mean? Very specific. Very specific. Yeah. and, and we plan to make some content with this in there because I know it's applicable to a lot of people, but I would follow people like Joel Jameson is like the leading expert on aerobic training. He works with a lot of MMA fighters who have to be great at many different modalities of, of strength, performance, power, endurance, all those things. I mean, if you're in your f- third round in a UFC fight and you're still having to be explosive, you got to be on point with all kinds of training, stamina, and everything. Yeah, so so he does that. His book, um, Ultimate MMA Conditioning, is fantastic. Um, training Think Tank is a gym, but they put out a lot of good content, and they work with like like Noah Olson is one of the top CrossFit Games competitors, and obviously he's a concurrent athlete. Um, they've been his coach for years. Uh, they work with a, a few other really high top. I think Travis uh, Motley or Mosley or. I could be butchering it. There's going to be CrossFit fans that are like, that's not his name at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, I know because he's a Create Pure athlete. So he mm. was on the, the team when I was doing, when I was affiliate of Pure. Um But um, they put out a lot of good YouTube content and blogs can, on. Can
1: you say that one more time? Who is it? Uh, the gym? Training Think Tank. Think Tank. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, i want to sure you might have seen it as a TTT is like yeah. their thing. But um, they, they have some YouTube content that's good. They have a blog that's good that talks about concurrent training, energy systems, aerobic stuff. I think the biggest thing to remember is like you can't overdo either one thing, you know. So like in, in typical program design nature, if you have two goals, let's say one goal is, is more of a goal than the other, that's fine. But you have two goals. I have two goals. I want to get stronger. But I also want to build muscle. Like my number one goal is to look jacked. My second goal is like I want to be pretty strong. So two-thirds or three-fourths, basically the same thing, of my training is going to be geared towards looking jacked, bodybuilding, hypertrophy. One-third, one-fourth is going to be towards getting stronger, powerlifting. Now, you have to go in phases. So I just got done with the powerlifting phase because I haven't done that in a long time where I'm like, all right, for the next six months I'm just focusing on strength because it's been too long since I did that. Now I'm back to more power build power building and bodybuilding style stuff. Um, but the whole point is, is like two thirds of your programming. Now, if you have equal goals of like, I want to get strong, I want to run endurance. You have to split them down the middle. Progress is going to be slower in both, which is fine. I think your running is going to be safer on your joints because you're doing the strength training, which is good. Um, but you can't overdo either one thing, you know what I mean? So like, if you're doing five days a week of strength training and four days a week of long distance running, you're probably not going to recover. Um, CrossFit competitors can do that Because they're built differently Genetically speaking Every person that gets to the games Is a genetic freak I don't care what you say And that's fine Everybody in the NBA Is a genetic freak Half of them are 7 foot 5 You're genetically gifted For this sport And the people who aren't Like Nate Robb He's just a freakish athlete You know what I mean They're genetic freaks He was yeah. born to be a monster yeah. So For us normal people um and i don't even you might be genetically gifted too which is great like there's nothing wrong with that i wish i was but point being is you can't do that much work mm. right and those guys that are doing crossfit and stuff like that they're eating so much food too that they can fuel for it um their life revolves around it so they're they're separating things but the best thing you can do is is split it down the middle 50-50 you could probably train strength four days a week. I wouldn't do any more than that. I would do a conjugate style programming where you have like two days that are more max effort based and then two days that are dynamic effort. So you're working on speed, uh, movement patterns, hypertrophy, things that are like way less taxing on your nervous system and on your joints. And then two days upper lower, one of each that you're going heavy in the gym and trying to really push strength. Totally. Then you're doing probably three days at most of running uh, or aerobic training in general. Um, if you're doing aerobic training in general, like if, if I had full control of the program, I would do like one or two days of running for the skill of running because that's something she's doing. And then I would spend the other days of aerobic work doing the bike, the sled, rower, erg, anything that I can create the same energy, uh, system effect and intensity and, and build her aerobic capacity the same way with a way less demanding from a joint perspective, exercise. So the assault bike or the sled or the rower, all these ones, there's no eccentric component. So you're not wearing and tearing your joints. It's, it burns your quads because you, it's just concentric after concentric, which is the positive m- movement of, of an exercise. So you get a ton of blood flow and lactic acid. But you don't have any load compressing on the joint, right? We're running. Every single step is, is jumping on the joint. Totally. Squatting, you're lowering the bar. That's an eccentric movement. That is wearing and tear on the joints, which is fine. You need that, but too much. Just beats you up. Now you're going to have Achilles issues, tendon issues, joint issues. So um, my point with this, four days a week of strength training, upper, lower, max effort, dynamic effort style, um, one or two days of running for the skill of running on days that you're not lifting. And then the other days that you're doing aerobic training, whether it's two, three, or four days, depending on how much you need to do should be all non-eccentric based aerobic movements like the sled assault bike stuff like that and you can do those on training days as long as they're four to six hours apart yeah so studies show that you're not going to see serious detriments to your performance in the gym in either session aerobic or strength if you separate them four to six hours so you come into the gym 7 a.m do your 30 minute aerobic work 40 minute hour doesn't matter and then six hours later in the afternoon you do your strength session right and that's not going to cause any issues but um You will have issues and performance issues and recovery issues if you're doing a long strength day. And then right after that, you're doing a full aerobic session. Overlapping those. Just overlapping. The only time I ever recommend that is if it's a fat loss client and we're pushing towards their fat loss goal and they can't do it at another time. And in that scenario, it's as simple as make sure you're hitting your daily protein, your muscles not going to break down, and you're doing low intensity. So after you're weightlifting, you're going to walk for 30 minutes at a casual pace. Like you should be able to hold a conversation. But that's not going to help you compete in a marathon. Yeah. Just going to burn some calories. You know what I mean? So it's just different goals. Totally. But yeah.
1: That's great. All right. Uh, we got one coming from Uncommon... Uncom... Pam. Uncommonly... That's... There's no L.
0: Huh.
1: <laughs> uncommon Pam. But there's a Y in there. Tips for people overwhelmed with all the information out there but want to learn
0: to be a coach. Uncom my Pam, I don't know. Um, is there any underscores in there? No. Does it look like an Instagram? Uncommon
1: name? Y Pam. Uh, Uncommon E Pam.
0: I don't know. Commie. I copy and paste, so yeah. I don't think I removed an L. All right. Uh, repeat the question. I was lost by the name. What
1: are some tips for people overwhelmed with all the information out there, but still want to learn to be a coach? Hmm.
0: I think. This was Instagram, and I think I answered on there. I think I said, uh, I think the biggest thing to do, what I used to do, is like kind of segregate my time for what I was learning. So you're gonna get information overwhelm if in the morning you're reading a nutrition book, in the middle of the day you're watching business videos, and at night you're finishing with some training. You know what I mean? You're just like everywhere. Yeah. So I would, you know, pick a book. That's your book of March. It's March right now. This week, this month, I am reading blank. Right, this is what we started doing with the team. Yeah. This this month we are reading blank, which for us is it's all about psychology this month. Next month it might be nutrition. The next month it might be training, whatever it may be. But I think that allows you to just focus on one thing. Um I also think that you should limit yourself on how many I mean, dare I say this because we're a podcast. You should limit yourself on how many podcasts you listen to uh like per day per week. Uh and the reason I say is because like there's people like and I used to do this. And, and to an extent, you can, hand, like, I think it depends on the person. Some yeah. people can handle it. Some people do get information overwhelm. If you feel like you're getting information overwhelm, eliminate some of the content you're consuming and just narrow your focus of what you're consuming. Speci- Specificity. There you go. Um, I talked to a girl on the phone that is working with us on coaching now. Uh, she's working with Brandon. And she, she straight up said she deleted Instagram, Facebook, everything because she was having information overwhelm. But she kept around some podcasts ended up finding Jordan's podcast, ended up hearing me on Jordan Side's podcast and then created a fake Instagram account and just followed me and Jordan. Hmm. Because she was like I can consume some content with, from you guys without getting overwhelmed and then I don't have to post stuff or compare to people or none of that." That's just I literally just have it to consume content. Interesting. Which I was like that's flattering. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but I think like you just have to know yourself, you know, cuz for me like there there was a point in time where like I would literally wake up and go on a walk and during my walk I would listen to uh Warrior on fire, which was a wake up warriors podcast, 10 minutes at most that like, it's like a date. It's called the daily fuel. So it's like basically like a quick daily podcast, but it's always business marketing relationships, mindset, still learning. Right. Totally. And then, uh, while I was cooking lunch or eating or anything, I'd always listen to whatever nutrition podcast I had set aside. Um, at night I would watch YouTube videos on training, right? I would always read some kind of book. So I was like, anytime I wasn't literally physically working with somebody or training myself, I was consuming content and it was fine. Like I was totally fine with it. And maybe I'm just different bred differently and I could do that. But I will admit there was a point in time where it got too much. Once I was like, okay, now I have a team which I have to like interact and communicate with all these people and I have a family at home who I need to interact and be present with Um, and I have my family, like my dad, my mom, my brother, people like that that I want to stay connected with my friends. I'm trying to learn more to be a better coach but I also need to be a better leader and a better marketer and like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. at that point, it was just too much. So now I typically only have one thing that I'm specifically reading and I go in waves. Like lately it's been... All leadership and psychology. Um, actually, I read through two books you gave me. Fucking quick, dude! I just finished the second one, the the leader you want to be, mm-hmm. and then the one before that was uh, what was that one book you got me? The leader you want me to be, you want to be is that it's by Amy something. It's that white book with the dots on it. Oh yeah. Then there was the other one you got me, not the <laughs> I not the boxer. I've been. A, I know you get me. You've gotten me a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I still have a couple I haven't read yet, but I, but I read through those two quick and it was basically like business leadership. Um, right now, I'm going to start diving into tomorrow the psychology book that we're reading as a team. I'm not going to say what book we're reading just to leave some mystery <laughs> behind it, but yeah. um, but I'm, I'm not really touching much training and nutrition stuff. And then I'll probably get kind of burnt out on psychology and leadership and then I'm going to go, okay, like let me dive into some training programs on because I haven't done that in a while. You know what I mean? And totally. I think like going in waves and segregating your time is smart. It's almost like time blocking your but like months, yeah. you know, March is this Still time blog. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. It's just periods of time that I'm focusing on one thing. And I think that's the best way to go about it. Cause you can really hone in on one thing. And you got to remember too, like training and nutrition, like there's principles and then there's a bunch of different opinions and methods that people have. Totally. So if you're reading and listening and learning all these different ways of approaching the same principles, you're going to get confused. It's better to take in a bunch of this stuff and then kind of figure it out on your own and then come back. There right. Um, but I also think I, I think that advice might apply more to people who are closer to my position who have been doing it a long time versus the young new coach who just wants to get certified and get out there. To an extent it's almost like I think you should consume a lot and just remember that maybe like having the mindset of like there's there's so much information out there, you're never gonna know it all. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of different perspectives out there. So many. Yeah. And I think if you if you go into it with that mindset, I think you can avoid getting overwhelmed by the information because you go into it knowing i'm gonna learn this but there's so much more out there i'm never gonna know it all there's always somebody smarter than me and that's okay and every time i think i have a grasp on most things a new study comes out that blows my mind and it's like okay there's more to learn you know and i think that whole like knowledge or education is forever because things just keep evolving you know we keep learning more and more and more about the body so it's like I don't know. I think just having that mindset's the best route. And if you really are getting like super overwhelmed, that it's like stressing you out, just cut out some of the information you're consuming. Yeah. Simple as that. Hey, do you want quick, easy and fast fat loss so fast that it'll happen in 30 days and maybe all you have to do is take a pill? Well, you're shit out of luck because it's not going to happen. It takes hard work and patience which is one of the reasons why I love Legion Supplements. They are open and honest about their marketing. And on the front page, they tell you that supplements don't overrule training and nutrition, but they do supplement a good diet and a good training program. So if your training's dialed in, your nutrition is on point, and you want to get that upper edge and take things to the next level to get the best results possible for your body and performance, check out Legion and save 20% today by heading to buylegion.com slash boom, boom. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, um... Let's uh, go to one
1: from Aurora fourteen. Unfiltered opinion of Herbalife products. Mm. They Herbalife. suck. Are they greens or?
0: It's just supplements. It's it's a it's a uh, MLM multi level marketing oh. company. It's like pyramid Am- Amway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they suck. It's a marketing scheme. Uh, the guy at the top <laughs> is making a ton of money. Everybody else, be- everybody else beneath yeah. him is just chasing his tail. There's probably a few people below him that are making good money too, but exactly. But it's that's, just, that's the addicting part.
1: Yeah. people see those people, in the lo- I mean, granted, that's a entrepreneur mindset and they
0: can do it, I can do it. Yeah, but the but product it, itself, go create your own MLM. Yeah, you know what I mean. Touché. Like and and don't create an MLM because that just <laughs> screws fucking people. But but. That whole, I love that mindset. If they can do it, I can do it. I did that same thing, but it was like, if if he can do it, I'm going to do it in my own way, my mm-hmm. own company. I'm not going to like, I don't know. It's just, it, it it's, I so I used to work at the Federal Way Community Center, right? And when I, I was the guy that would stay uh, late on the weekends and basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, people would rent out the convention hall and they would have these events and the events would end anywhere between 10 to, to 1 a.m. And after they got done, I would clean up, lock up, leave. And every, once a month, they had this company. And it might have been Amway, but I don't remember what it was. But it was an MLM company mm-hmm. that would come in and do these big events. And I would, like, go stand at the door and just watch. Because I was, you know, I was young. I'm a hustler. And I'm just like, I'm like, what's this about, you know? And uh, they tried to pitch at me multiple times. And I was just like, no, this is stupid. Like, I'm good. I'm just here to clean. Go <laughs> ahead and do your thing. But he, uh, they would, like, they would fire people up, man. There'd be people in the crowd, like, screaming and getting amped up to go sell, like, it was just, and, it, and you could tell, like, there's just this one dude in this, like, nice fucking suit at the top. He drove, like, a fucking Lambo to the, to the community center. Like, he's just killing it, you know? And then there's all these people, like, wearing bummy clothes, and they're like, I'm going to get after it. And, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, and I, I feel kind of bad saying this. I'm not trying to sound like a dick. <laughs> but I wanted to, like, go shake them and be like, dude, you can work for a better company with more integrity and work up in the business yeah you can go start your own thing doing something completely different this is a scheme like it's just bullshit and that's what herbalife is herbalife is 100 percent that um you were i mean
1: but not to sound like dick or anything weren't you a glorified janitor basically
0: (laughs) what do you mean you're a hustler but i had dreams man Uh, well i was i was a janitor glorified janitor (laughs) it's a good way of putting it while while i was interning Okay. This is and the going same to school, same time. Yep. Okay. So I was working for free at a gym that I was hoping to get a job at eventually, while running the glorified janitor position and finishing up school. Okay. I, I didn't know that was at yeah. the, in this timeline. Once I got hired at Bigger, I started doing boot camps. I was still working at the community center until I made enough. I, I took over enough boot camps in small groups until I made enough money to quit that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's dope. But I, ha- but I had a plan. Yeah. 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 I yeah, was a yeah. plan. And uh, but it's just it, to me, it was just. Like it, that's one of those things where I feel so bad for the people falling for it that I get really angry yeah. and hyped up. And and like I said, I'm not trying to sound like a dick because I understand why people fall for it because dude, their sales pitch is good. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, this makes sense. Yeah. Um Advocare is another one of those that like a lot of people dove into. And and the problem with these companies too is like Herbalife and Advocare are both MLM companies that are in the supplement Advocare, game. yeah. And uh, and the problem with them is they, they, they make enough money to where they sponsor a Soccer team or something yeah. like that, right? I think both of them actually sponsor soccer teams. Herbalife sponsored LA Galaxy for a long time. Amway. Advo- the Amway sponsored. Amway Center. did too. AdvoCare sponsored somebody as well. and They have them on their jersey because yeah. soccer teams always have their sponsor on the front of their jersey. Yeah. This stuff is weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, Why not put your team logo on the front and then have like a little AdvoCare thing Money here? talks. Yeah. Um, but they would do that. And then it's like, oh, well, this is – endorsed. Herbalife's endorsed by David Beckham in LA Galaxy. It's got to work. Yeah. David Beckham's not – taking their shit he's got a private chef (laughs) making all his meals and protein shakes like come on but they don't have from my understanding they don't have third-party lab tests they don't have evidence-based uh formulas they have proprietary blends you don't really know what are in them you know what i mean they're not evidence-based companies they are mlm marketing companies they are marketers who created a supplement company to make money whereas somebody like legion Is not to like shout out the company we work with, but and there's others that are like this, but Legion is a company founded by a guy who was just trying to get jacked and was tired of getting sold bullshit. Mm -hmm. He was an author and a coach, and he was like, you know what? I'm gonna create a product that's actually good and evidence based, and have like a team of uh, people on my my board to make sure we have the right formulas and all that stuff. And now it's a huge company, but they're third-party lab tested. They are very, like, there's no proprietary blends. They are on labdoor.com. They're evidence-based. Like, their advisory board is nuts with how many intelligent people are on that board. Like, it's, I mean, and if you look at the team of athletes they sponsor, they're all really smart coaches. Totally. I mean, obviously, I'm on there, but Brad, the physique development people, Sue, um, Chase Tuning. Alex. Alex, um, Uh, Casey just a lot of good people in there um but yeah point being is is like I think I think it's I think uh Herbalife is is stupid I don't think it's good
1: unfiltered opinion yeah it's not a good company (laughs) that's awesome dude yeah that this is so off topic but when I was living in San Antonio I had a guy from like the grocery store that just like so if if I if I back like this guy just started talking to me in the grocery store and i was very fresh living there and i was very confused because in seattle or where i was living bellevue in seattle people just talk Uh. to you like i was like what the hell man like in a nice way he was he was just striking conversation yeah i was like dude go away like yeah but anyway so he started talking to me wouldn't stop and so i was like and me i was like too rattled to run away so yeah um anyway i started talking talking to him and he was like Lo and behold, he got me to go to one of these MLMs, and Uh I did not know it was an MLM. I mean, he wasn't, like, secretive about it, but he just didn't say, you know, like, we're going to sell you something. Yeah. Like, he was just like, hey, come check out this, like, awesome job or, or, you know, employment opportunity. I don't even remember what it was. They sell it well. Very well. Yeah. Very well. Was that Amway? Mm, Now I don't know, but no, it wasn't Amway. I I can't even vouch that. What does Amway sell? I don't know. Okay. But I just know they're the sponsor for the Orlando Magic's Stadium. Yeah.
0: The, the one arena, that I, I saw say. at the community center was like they basically sold household items.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's makeup, there's everything. Yeah, there's just so many random things. Yeah, know? it's just. But yeah, I went to like a hotel lobby or you know yeah. convention room and and
0: well. so there there there's there's some good kind of MLO ones and the only reason <laughs> I'm saying this is because uh, Shannon's friend who she wor- used to work at Nordstrom with um, sells like natural beauty products. Yeah, and. I don't know if you can find them in stores or not, but, like, Shannon takes them, her friend takes them, and they're just, like, way better for your skin. There's not all the crazy toxins and all that shit in it. It's the exact opposite. And it works. <laughs> no, but my point is, is, like, it, there's, like, like, Shannon could have the opportunity to work from if she wanted to and just become a sales rep yeah. and then, like, start selling to friends and family all that stuff, and I don't think you can necessarily buy it in most stores because this company's like, oh, we'll make more money by just creating a good product and then, like, basically... Spreading all these, which is kind of like an MLM scheme, yeah. but they don't, they don't, they don't sell it to you as if you're gonna like become rich. And, no, and that's what MLM schemes do. They're totally. just like, this is a great product. If you want to like get it for cheaper and give it to your friends, you can do that. It's yeah. like, okay, I'll do that. You know what I mean? Stay-at-home moms and people like that. They're like, fuck yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, shit, I'm gonna start using the product. Honestly, there's like a there's like a body wash thing. Did oh. I get like fucking sweaty back and then I get like. <laughs> back me yeah. and it's like i gotta do, take care do of Do your
1: lab results or lab tests on him
0: what do you like oh i don't i don't research do that shit yeah oh yeah i will for sure yeah um but shannon did quite a bit before she started using it and she loves it and her skin's not breaking out or anything and it's, if it's better for you because for us we started buying a ton of that kind of stuff once we had blakely yeah because we were like let's put like actually good like i just get like fucking kroger you know, great value lotion. I don't give a shit like the generic stuff. But with Blakely, we're like, all right, let's get like the organic toxin free, fragrance free stuff just to make sure. Yeah. Um, And then we kind of started leaning on doing more of that stuff for ourselves. But point being is that's more of a positive. Yeah. MLM. Yeah. Joe, Joe's
1: wanted to do one of those MLM things too. And she's going to fucking grad school working full time. She was like, I could do like five hours a week. I'm like, dude, that's going to be a more of a stress than it, it will even trying to, do a little bit. That's how it starts. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I had a conversation with yeah. her. Yeah. I said, "We make enough. Just stop." Yeah, I think
0: the, the shady part is that they they find you in scenarios like that. I was at a Starbucks reading a book. So I was I, I finished school. I would go to Starbucks and read and study and stuff before I went to the gym and interned. And I was reading The Go Giver. This is years ago. It's yeah. like the first time I read The Go Giver. And this guy walks by my table at Starbucks and was like, "Oh my god, dude, that's amazing! That's such a good book." Oh god. And I was like, "It is, man." And we were like talking about the book, and it was like a genuine conversation. And he asked me what I did and I told them and they, you know, he didn't really tell me, fill me in. He told me what he did, but not really. So I didn't know, but he exchanged numbers with me. He was like, man, I'm going to need to get in shape soon. Like, I'd love, you know what I mean? I was like, Oh, absolutely dude. Here's my number. Text me. He's like, dude, it's great meeting you. And I, at first I was like, that was like a genuine conversation. And now I have like a new network that could become a potential client. And my first response was like, I'm reading the go giver too. So I'm like, I'm going to start just talking to random people and just trying to give some value. And if, you know what I mean? If, if it, just sends me in a good direction, or I just give people value before I leave, I'll feel good about myself, like <laughs> that guy did to me. Yeah. And then sure enough, he was like, Yep. Trying to get me to it's go exactly to something. Exactly. The, then I was just like, You fucking asshole. I used to work, I used to be a glorified janitor that saw I, this shit happen. Didn't
1: I see you <laughs> at the <laughs> Federal Committee? Community Center? That's exactly now that I think about it harder, that's exactly what he did in San Antonio. Yeah. He just talked to me, talked to me. I don't know if he gave me his card or like Instagram or something, but then he followed up with me and said, Hey, you want to yeah. come to this hotel and check this out? Yeah. And I had no idea what it was. It was very creepy. I just moved to san antonio hey you want to come to this hotel yeah check something out oh my god <laughs> but yeah anyway all right cool let's get on to the next question um court uh Corey simmons cory with a k where do where did you learn and get your knowledge about training oh,
0: fuck that's a loaded question yeah um uh, do you want to spend the next 20 minutes of the podcast just naming people? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I think, so I'll just do a timeline. Started with, uh, I went to Highline College, which is a two-year a community college. Do um, an episode on this. I think we did. Yeah. Way back though, yeah. like years ago. How I got started. But uh, I'll give a quick synopsis of it. Went to community college uh, for business, ended up changing my degree because the community college had a two-year program for becoming a health and fitness coach. Um, And they're the only two-year school that gives you an associate's degree in fitness coaching, actually, in the entire country. Um, Really, really good program. So I went there while also getting certified by ISSA. Um, I learned a lot in school, didn't learn shit in ISSA. That certification was purely so I could just have some letters by my name and not get sued for training people, um, which you got to do. So I recommend everybody do it, but you're not going to learn a ton from it. Like to the point where I remember there was a multiple choice question and it said, which one is a barbell curl? And it would have like a guy doing a lat pull down, a girl doing a squat, somebody doing deadlift, and then somebody doing a curl. And I'm like, that's all I need to know (laughs) to safely train people? (laughs) Like what? But did those two things. Uh, First internship was at the school. So one of my actual classes was I had to train a faculty member in the gym at the school. Hmm. Um, So I trained a lady named Donna. She was my first technical client. She lost a bunch of weight. It was great time with her. I spent the whole semester or quarter or whatever you have at school doing that. And then the the next year the internship had to be off site. So I went to Vigor, got an internship there, interned for uh three months there for free. Um and then I ended up interning just because at my teacher's gym, cause he owned a gym in the hospital and he did rehab stuff. So I got to see like the medical side of things and him like rehabilitate people after surgeries and accidents and shit like that. Um Got a job at Vigor. Once I got to Vigor, I started getting as many like weekend certs and workshops as I could from Training for Warriors, John Russin, Eric Cressy, shoulder stuff, like so many different things. Um and uh reading a ton of books. Um I mean reading a ton of content from Christian Dibido, John Russin, Eric Cressy, Mike Robinson, um, uh Dean Somerset. Um, Tony general core, obviously my boss at the time, Luca Josevar taught me a ton, Andy McCloy. I mean, like the, the list is endless. Joel Jamison, he lived in Seattle. So we got to test, uh, HRV and all that stuff when he first came out with that product. Um, and then I hired a bodybuilding coach, Shelby Starnes, went through a old school bodybuilding prep, gained a bunch of weight afterwards that sent me in a different path for like the evidence-based nutrition movement. Got certified by Precision Nutrition 1, then Precision Nutrition 2, and then um, NCI, then MNU, and then um, NASM, PES, Performance Enhancement Specialist. So I kind of just went down this tunnel of just like, what's next, what's next, what's next? Reading a ton of books on training and nutrition. Basically alternating, like I said before. Training book, then nutrition book, training book, then nutrition book. Um, learned a ton from just watching people like Christian Thibodeau and Joe DeFranco over the years. Eric Helms. Um, I mean, like, it's just so hard to say where I learned it. It it really came down to for, I started feeling, like, really, really confident in what I was doing when I was 25 or 26, which was three years ago. And at that point, I was seven years into it. So, at about, or so maybe like 24, about six or seven years into Mm it, I started feeling really good because I had a a handful of certifications. I had been training people for six years in the gym. I had met a lot of people. I had had worked with pro athletes, fighters, people in the MLB, people in pro rugby. I've worked with 70 year old people. I've worked with people recovering from ACL injuries that were playing. Like, I had a female soccer player from Stanford. Like, she was going to be on the the female Sounders team. Like, really high level clients that you got to be really fucking careful with. Um, and then a ton of everyday people just trying to lose weight and like the psychology side of things that I learned from so many different people. Um, at that point I was just like, I I truly feel like I've learned enough over the years to kind of create my own style of coaching. And I know that's hard for people to hear because it took six years for me to be like, "I, I think I found my voice. I think I found my method. I think I found my, my way of approaching this, my philosophy on training and nutrition. But it really did take that much time and that many certs and that many interactions and that many seminars. I mean, dude, I flew to Florida multiple times alone. I flew to Missouri. I flew to Philadelphia. I flew to Texas. I flew to um, California. I don't know how many times. Vegas, I don't know how many times. I drove to Oregon. Like, I I drove everywhere. I flew everywhere alone just to go to all these seminars by myself and meet people and just fucking network and learn. Um, And I know with COVID that makes it hard for people, but I can't recommend that enough. Like, online webinars are great. But invest the the time and money to go places and learn from people and just connect with other people in the room. Um, it's priceless. It's priceless, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you just meet people, you, yeah. It's really hard to give that, like a really good answer on that. But I think like yeah. just an overarching thing is like for six years was just like, Ple- like learn, plethora, apply, learn, yeah.
1: apply. A plethora of networking. Yep. Yeah. I,
0: I trained people in the gym. So I worked in the gym Monday through Saturday for five years. And then I finally cut out Saturdays for my sixth year in the gym. Yeah. Um, that's six days a week, five years of training people in person. Yeah. And it's every probably, day. It might be discouraging and hard for people to hear that, but it's the truth. Yeah. It's the, the way I look at it too, though, is like, okay, so I'm sitting there and and, and I'll do when I was 18, I was the most impatient person ever. I'm still pretty impatient. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I've but, just learned how to control it. Yeah. But that was a hard pill for me to swallow. But I looked at it like, okay, somebody told me the same thing. like, Luca told me that he said, you, oh, you want to build an online business. And back then that was like, not a thing really. That was like successful or smart to do. He said, train people in person every day for five years. And then you could like have the rights to do so. Cause you'll know enough. And I did you six took years. Literal. Yeah. Literally, I literally took a literal, and it was like tough pill to swallow. Yeah. But number one, I said, okay. Cause I wanted the internship because <laughs> he told me that in the interview. Uh, and number two, I thought about it like this, like, okay, well in six years, am I still going to be wanting to coach people? Yeah. hundred percent in 10 years, hundred percent in 20 years, maybe not as many people one on one, but I definitely still want to run a coaching company. Like I want to be in this industry for the rest of my life until I retire in some capacity. Yeah. I don't know what it looks like when I'm 40, 50, 60, but it's going to look like something. I'm going to figure something out. So at that point it goes, well, fuck five years is nothing. Cause I'm going to, after I do that for five years, I'm going to have 25 to 35 years of of doing shit because of that five year yeah, investment, for sure. So, and that's the same thing that with the whole fat loss thing, people complain about t- it taking time. Like I did that 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 post. Remember, like the average person lives at seventy nine years. One percent of that is nine months. So, if you spend one percent of your entire fucking life, if you live on the average span of life scale, one percent, one percent of your life learning how to do this shit right, yep. then you can live healthy and live for the rest of your life. Like it's a no brainer, <laughs> you know. It just but it's a time investment. Yeah. So I don't that's know. That's great. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll get one more. We have here from Robin Stewart. If someone had been chronically undereating and comes to you for nutrition and you bring them back to maintenance, how long do you keep them at maintenance calories before you allow them to go into the fat loss phase or the calorie def- deficit? Specifically, if this person has weight to lose
0: of 15 uh, pounds or plus or more. Um, my, my typical first answer is as long as it takes to get their biofeedback in a better place. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, if somebody has been under eating for a long time is a very general statement, you know, it's, it's very arbitrary numbers. I would be able to answer in more detail if you said this person has been under eating for a year, for two years, for six months. You know what I mean? Then it kind of changes because then I can say, oh, well, if it's six months, I would say at least three months of eating at maintenance, uh, which doesn't count the reverse to get there, which people need to remember. Because if you stop the diet and then it takes you three months to find maintenance because you're unsure of where maintenance is – the, that whole time, you, you still weren't optimizing biofeedback because you were dragging along the diet, trying to figure out how many calories you could fit in until you reach mm. maintenance. So you once you hit maintenance, it's half the time. time, yeah. So I would say, after you reach maintenance, at least half the time they were dieting. Um, if it was an aggressive diet, I usually like to say one to one point five times as long. If you're a physique oriented individual, two to three times as long, um, and that's like hard for people to hear, but. I think you gotta understand the the relative nature of, of how individual that is because if you're a physique oriented athlete or even a recreational athlete, I would call myself a recreational bodybuilder, right? I'm not competing ever again, but I train as if I'm going to, so I'm recreational with it. But for me, if I diet hard for six months, then I'm going to be in maintenance for a year, two times as long, maybe even a year and a half, two years. Because you need time to build muscle, especially when you're an a, advanced a, a physique athlete. You know what I mean? So I think it just depends on the person. Now, if it's a more moderate approach, like I just went through that five or six month fat loss phase, very slow. I didn't, my biofeedback never tanked. So I went to maintenance because I knew I had some stressful life events that were going to occur. Not necessarily bad stress, but just busy stress. Yes. Um, and I could stay here at maintenance like I am now for three months and jump right back into deficit to be totally fine. That's half the time it took. And I went right to maintenance. I didn't Drag a reverse diet. I just jumped right back up to maintenance, um, my new maintenance. But point, point with that is, is, is it was such a slow, moderate approach to the diet. And I didn't wreck my biofeedback that I'm just going to spend, it's more like a diet break, like an extended diet break. And then I can jump into the fat loss phase again. However, if I lost more weight during that six months than I did, and I ate less calories than I did, so I was more aggressive with it, I would probably need to spend six months, just as long as I did dieting in order to be in a good place before i went back into a diet so it really just depends i think the hard answer for people to hear when i say exact numbers is when they when i say at least half as long and they're like this person's been under eating for two years so you tell me they need to eat at maintenance for a year and it part of me goes i mean technically they probably should do you need to not necessarily because you can test the waters you know i think that there's a lot of people who say they've been dieting for two years, three years, they've been under eating. And when we look at it on paper of what they give us, they are, they have been under eating for two years, but a lot of times like they were under eating Monday through Friday and overeating Saturday, Sunday, right? Or they were under eating for four weeks and then they stopped tracking ate like shit for two weeks. And then said, fuck, I got to get back on it on Monday, started back up. And it's like this cyclical thing. So if we really look at average calories over the year. It's like, yeah, you weren't under eating completely that whole time, you know? So we could probably go to maintenance for three to six months and then jump back into a deficit. Totally fine. I see that more often than not with gen pop. I see that less often in this scenario with somebody who was a physique competitor, very, very serious because those individuals, they got super lean and then they tried to stay super lean and it caused them to stay at this low calorie intake. So they probably did really under eat for that long. And for those individuals, you do need that long. At maintenance but um, for the gym pop like you you'd probably be fine doing three to six months and it's more of long lines of like okay let's let's get your calories back up to a baseline not necessarily because we need to fix you quote unquote but more so That's to just, just figure out like where is your maintenance yeah and let's figure out how to get you consistent because you're beforehand you weren't consistent with accurately tracking or weighing your food or eating how you were supposed to eat on the weekends just like you did on the weekdays so on and so forth um mm-hmm. And just dialing in that consistency and accuracy for three to six months, finding maintenance, and then being like, okay, cool. Let's attack the diet now. Yeah. Like that helps a ton. Totally.
1: So I wonder, I'm wondering what, like, the definition, and I'm not saying they didn't say it correctly, but what is chronically? I mean?
0: Exactly. Two years? Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um. It, I mean, chronically is repetitive over time. That's the literal definition. Uh, I, I agree with so that. So what is over time? Yes. Yeah. And that's a, kind of what I was meaning, too, is like, because I would say if somebody came to me under eating for six months, I would say, oh, yeah, you're chronically under eating because mm-hmm. you're under eating every day for yep. six months. Two years, the verbiage doesn't change. <laughs> it's just still chronically under eating. So, totally. yeah, it just depends. And there's also – I've we ran into – we had a new client come on board. And, and just for people listening, the reason, like, I talk like this because it's not my client. But typically when somebody comes on board, um, myself and Brandon Roberts kind of work as, like, an advisor to the coaches. So when somebody comes on board and it, it's not that, like – we have to oversee everything before they begin. But we're kind of here as, like, uh, soundboards, yeah. you know? So when the coach is mapping things out and asking us questions or, or wants to say, hey, can can you guys look at this blood work? Or, hey, because, I mean, I give my best opinion, but Brandon's a fucking doctor, so it's the perfect person to look at blood work. But point being is we're kind of like an advisory to the coaches to to answer questions when, when clients are going through difficult plateaus, which is actually really cool because I always tell people you're kind of hiring the whole team. Yeah. You're not just hiring one coach. But... Um, there was somebody recently that was kind of in this same scenario and uh and we, we just kinda went through an ex- extensive process of like, well, how is her sleep? Fine. How's her stress? Fine. How's her mood? She's a really positive person. Okay, cool. How's her training? She's progressing in the gym. Hmm. But she can't lose weight. No. And she's under eating. Yeah. And she has been for a while. Yeah. <laughs> she's inconsistent. Yeah. So ask these questions. Ask those questions. Yeah, I don't always track and, and sometimes I forget to do you know what I mean? And all of a sudden it's like, okay, she hasn't been under eating. So Now, we can actually put her into a deficit and help her lose weight like she wants to, but we just have to regulate how she's tracking her macros because she was trying and not being successful, not because she was – her body was wrecked or broken. It's because she just wasn't accurately weighing, tracking, measuring her food, and we just have to teach her that. So there's plenty of times where people think they're chronically under-eating, and you just got to go through this checklist of, like, how is every aspect of biofeedback? performance recovery stress sleep digestion cravings mood all those things and if they're all check out they're probably inconsistent yeah. if they're like my sleep is wrecked my digestion is messed up i'm always bloated i haven't hit a pr in the gym in a while you're like okay you are definitely under eating and we're gonna take a while away from the deficit
1: A.K. about six months exactly at yeah. least
0: you know so cool that was great that was a good Q&A. yeah that's a wrap there's no announcements yeah once again so uh as always guys we appreciate you for listening if you have uh any questions hit the form in the show notes of this podcast there is a link you can click it you can ask us any question you want take up um make sure you're you're following us on instagram so when we post story questions you can ask us there because sometimes we bring them from there join the facebook group if you're not in there um and leave us a five-star rating review share this if you can we, we always love to hear from you guys and uh yeah we appreciate you listening
1: yep